Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the first things that I do when someone recommends a new podcast to me is I check out the ratings and the reviews. I mean, I've got to know if it's worth my time, right? Here at Honest Women, we take your time very seriously. You know that we deliver 30 minutes of the most jam-packed, insightful content that we possibly can. And we know that this matters to you. It's one of the things that we hear so often, that you love the length of the show and you love how much is packed in to every episode. So will you do us and our new potential listeners a favor and leave us a five-star rating and a review? Not only does it mean so much to us, we seriously read every single review, but it lets other listeners know that Honest Women is worth their time. Thank you so much. It's majorly stereotypical, but picture this. Your husband is headed out the door for nine hours of golf, and when you give him the side eye, he says, don't get mad at me, you can have a hobby too. Yeah, buddy, it's not that simple. Today, we get honest about the seemingly innocuous topic of hobbies, what they are, why you should get one, and how to work around them in your partnership. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Good morning, friend. Good morning. Let's jump into a topic that makes a really outsized appearance in therapy for how innocuous it might seem to be. And that is hobbies. <laughs> we record that intro that everybody mm -hmm. just heard. And it was very difficult for me to sit there in silence and not laugh. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. you hit the nail right on the head. Thanks, girl. That. We're in the Midwest, so we have a seasonal window for golf. But from the time that the snow thaws until the time that it starts again, this is an issue in my therapy practice. And it's not just golf, you know, that's the stereotype. It is pretty common. It's also basketball or hockey or fantasy football or whatever it is that husbands seem to be up to 
that creates a lot of resentment and arguing and some really deep stuff in the wives that I talk to. Now, do you see this in your practice? Do you hear about it in your friend group or in your own marriage? I chuckle a little bit because as we're recording this, tomorrow morning, my husband's leaving on a golf trip. (laughs) (laughs) Bingo! Exactly. So he'll be gone all weekend. Um, Yeah. So it resonates with me personally, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it is something that does come up in my practice, especially with the couple's work I do. Yeah. It is more prominent with couples with younger kids at home. I don't hear it as much with my couples who have older kids that have Mm -hmm. either aged out of the house or are a lot more independent. But with couples with young kids, this might be one of the top things they fight and argue about. Yes, it is. Why do you think that that is? Like, why does golf or basketball or hockey or fill in the hobby here that one partner tends to have? I know that I'm leaning into the stereotype and it's not 100% true, but it tends to be men that have, you know, the league for this on Wednesday night and the tea time on Saturday. And then that happens like every damn week. How did we get here? What's the deal? I truly have no idea how we got here. Mm -hmm. What I realized recently talking with a couple in my practice and also talking with my own husband is that. I think, and I have to own, there's a lot of jealousy on my end Mm -hmm. because not because of the actual hobby that he has, but because he can go do that thing that he likes to do without guilt. At least I don't see the guilt. I I Mm -hmm. shouldn't speak Mm -hmm. for him, but enough guilt that it doesn't keep him home. Right. That's what I will say. And it's almost, they don't even think about it. They can just go do. Here's the thing I'm going to go do. Mm-hmm. I'll be home at this time and I have become very envious of that carefree or what seems like a carefree spirit. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I also wonder, and this is funny because my husband doesn't actually have any of these hobbies. So we have a little bit of a role reversal here, but I wonder for what is considered the typical hobby a man has, if this is just part of the fact that men and women socialize differently. Ooh. Yeah, I was listening to an episode of This American Life and there was a man on there who did a one-man show about men's friendship. What he said was, I've seen the way my mother and my sister hang out with their friends. In the afternoon, they get a cup of coffee. In the night, they have a glass of wine. This is key. They look at each other. For them, the activity is each other. For us, the activity is literally anything else. Ooh, that is awesome. Yeah, it caught my ear because I thought that must be part of it. Even men who, they're not a D1 athlete, you know, that they're not like amazingly good at X, Y, or Z. They may continue to do these things because this is the way that they socialize by doing like a sport together. Ooh, that is really, you got my brain thinking. Right? Oh, yeah. So if we look at socialization through that framework, that would also mean that a lot of times when a male was going to go socialize, it's going to be for a longer chunk of time. Mm -hmm. Because for us women, we can have little moments of connection with one another. And so sometimes our little moments of connection can equal what is one big moment for them. Right. 
So think about that time after you graduated college. I had a lot of activities and things that I liked to do, a singing group, a running club or whatever. But after I graduated college, if I was going to go and have relationship with other women, it was mostly like, let's go and see one another. And so when we partner up and then when we have children, women's hobby of being with other women gets decimated by that transition. And men are like, I don't know, I played basketball last week. I'm going to play basketball this week. True statement. Yeah. That is a very valid point. Also, if women are more opt, at least in our age group, to have these little moments of connection, Mm -hmm. or even in new momhood, these little moments of connection, those are hard to plan for versus a big chunk of time that Mm -hmm. it's, hey, so-and-so and and I are going to go golf on Saturday afternoon. Right. That feels easier or more concrete when it comes to scheduling versus a little thing here, a little thing here, a little thing here. That in my brain is very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And And sometimes I I don't prioritize it. Right. Or it seems like it could happen anytime or my socializing needs to happen whenever it fits in everyone else's schedule. Whereas an event, a hobby, a thing that's tied to a practice time or a game time, or it has to be on the calendar, it just naturally takes up space. It's connected to place and time. This is when it's happening. I'm going to go, you know? You have to be a lot more deliberate or mindful. What's the word I'm thinking of? A lot more... Maybe like intentional? Intentional. That's exactly Mm -hmm. the word. Thank you, my Mm -hmm. friend. Intentional with your planning. Right. Right. And men, because, and, and again, I'm stereotyping here based on my own experience, have an easier time doing that because you don't hear the term dad guilt often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mom guilt, how many times have you heard that in the last week? Right, right. In the last day. How many times have I felt it in the last hour? It's a lot. So, oh, so many. You're catching something here that I think is so important. So this thing that starts light and easy breezy, like hobbies, like, oh man, he gets to go out and play his basketball and I don't have one, right? It's not so light and easy breezy. I think this reflects bigger issues in our marriage and it also can lead to bigger issues in our marriage. So it's this cycling thing. So mom guilt Mm. versus dad guilt, that's a big one. He doesn't feel bad when he leaves. I have noticed men can justify their actions a Mm -hmm. lot easier seemingly than women can. Mm -hmm. From the framework that I see it play out in my own marriage is, well, I worked all week and I was here and we had kids activities and I did this. So then on Saturday, going to do this thing is, why is that a big deal? Mm -hmm. There's justification for it versus for me, it's more like this. Oh my gosh, I worked all week. I was gone a lot. Yes, I drove to kids' activities, but I was really, really busy in my own professional world. I can't go do something. I need to spend more time with my kids because Mm -hmm. I feel guilty that I was working all week. Right. And I think that comes around to being the default parent, that meeting the needs of our family, the emotional needs and the connection needs too, falls on me. This is the way that we feel, the way that we operate. It's not the way that it can be if we want to be healthy and happy and not 
boiling with resentment, but it's the way that it often is. I think it falls on my shoulders. So now I feel guilty that other people's needs haven't been met and I can't meet my own. I wouldn't even think of it. I also think that a lot of times women struggle with having a good enough reason. Mm -hmm. In fact, I hear a lot of times, I don't even know what my hobby would be. And so if a man, because he's been socialized to interact around activity and he has these things that naturally roll from phase to phase to phase in his life and the woman that he's partnered with doesn't have that, sometimes she can feel like, well, I can't just start something. I don't have a passion and I can't leave the house if it's not for a good enough reason. You know what I just, I just wrote down, I was taking a quick note. Mm -hmm. I think men are really good at talking themselves into why mm. they should do something. And I think women are really good at talking themselves out of why they shouldn't do something. Oh my gosh. Yes, it's so true. And we have a stack of reasons why. Because our lives are overwhelming we have a sense of owning all the needs of everybody else. And we have this like productivity culture, which men are subject to the same productivity culture, but they tend to check that box with, well, I worked hard all week. And for some reason, that box never seems to get checked for me. I need to get more done. I have more to do. Another example right there, talking into versus mm -hmm. talking out of these things. And this, which I know is a big part of what we see in our offices with couples can lead to so much resentment within the marriage. Right. And mm -hmm. I talk a lot about narratives in my office. If we have a narrative and if my narrative is my husband thinks his time is more valuable than mine, if that's my narrative, mm -hmm. I will, my brain, it's not always intentional, but our brains will find evidence to support that narrative. Yes. And guess what? You will find all the evidence in the world. It's like right. going to Google. If you want to find evidence for something, you can find evidence for it. Mm -hmm. And those narratives. So if we're looking at our husbands from the standpoint of you get to do what you want all the time, you don't feel guilty. I have to carry the weight of this family. Ooh, no wonder resentment builds. Right, right. And it's so cyclical. Okay, you just described the first five years that we raised children. This was a major, major problem in our marriage. Here's what it looks like. I'm just being really like transparent about my own stuff here. So I'm feeling a little vulnerable. I, all of a sudden I was like, uh-oh. Okay, so for many of the years where we first had children, I was home with my kids. And what I ended up feeling like was that all of the time that we had in our lives was owned by my husband. His work schedule would determine what was happening. His travel schedule would determine what was happening. And then like he would want to get up and work out. Well, he had to do that before work. And that was my only opportunity to do things. But he would, you know, go for his run that he wanted to go for. And I was probably tired because I was up with our kids last night and I hadn't had a break or whatever. And so I just felt like his life was a planet that had gravitational pull and I was just orbiting around him. That was the feeling all the time. Was he doing anything wrong? No, he wasn't doing anything wrong, but that was the reality of my life. 
And like you said, then the story that I was clinging to or really I was experiencing and explaining was that his time was more valuable than mine, that his needs were above mine and that he was responsible for that. When it was just really what was happening. I also used to say that I was a vampire and that I was only allowed to have a life in the margins of the day before the sun came up or after it went down. And that's bullshit, right? Total bullshit. And when you're talking about being home, Mm -hmm. I think our listeners know we call ourselves failed stay-at-home moms. It was, whew, that was a hard one. Mm -hmm. But I hear it from my moms, both inside and outside of my office, who are at home, who justify their husband's hobbies from the standpoint of, well, he works so hard for our family. Mm -hmm. And inside my office, I will approach that a little bit differently than outside of my office. But a part of me is like, but wait a minute, so do you. You work equally as hard. It's just a different kind of hard, but it's equal. Right. And I think like you mentioned before, our working mom friends are carrying so much guilt. Instead of saying, I worked hard all week. I want to go do that thing I love to do if I even know what that is. They say, I worked hard all week and I was away from my other full-time job, which is caring for everyone else's needs in my family. I'm behind. I'm failing in every zone. How could I possibly have a hobby? And then these things build on each other. It's also, how could I possibly have a hobby when my husband has booked nine hours on Saturday for golf? Or when my husband was gone Tuesday and Wednesday for kickball and softball or whatever he's doing, now we need family time. And this is the only time to get it. And so I can't leave or else we won't have any family time. It's hard. It is really hard. And I don't know about your children, but mine used to guilt me too. And I should... (laughs) Every part of me wants to say, okay, Jessica, you can't blame your own feelings on somebody else, especially your tiny humans at home. But it would hit my own insecurities of not being there when Mm -hmm. I would say, oh, I'm going out to dinner with friends tonight or I'm going to do this thing. And me and my kids would lay into me Mm -hmm. about it and knowing my guilt butt was there, one of them more than the other, but Mm -hmm. would lay into me on that. And I will say now it's gotten a lot better simply because I have to give my husband some credit. He pointed it out. Mm. He very much was like, you're totally getting worked here, sis. This child is tapping on your guilt button and you're feeding right into it. Right. Yeah, no, I blame them for making me feel bad. I blame them. (laughs) (laughs) It is all your fault. I mean, come on, man. But I think that in order to be able to defend against that feeling that I'm doing the wrong thing, we have to be really grounded in the truth that every person in our family needs some space to be a human. Yes. Every person in our family, including me as mom, I need to be able to do something just because it gives me joy or whatever. Because I can't just be here meeting everyone else's needs and just living in these responsibilities all day, every day. But if we don't feel grounded in that, then that moment, that pushback from our kids makes us feel real bad and it can stop us from doing it. Yes, it can. And it leads to a lot of resentment Mm -hmm. within our homes. Mm -hmm. And it also leads to extreme burnout. Totally. We'll be right back to continue the conversation after this word from our sponsors. 
Hey there, fabulous ladies, ready to kick mealtime chaos to the curb? Say hello to your best friend, Factor Meals. No more scrambling for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Just grab a gourmet dish from the fridge and bam, you're good to go. And let's not forget about the smoothies. My son can't get enough. They're not just healthy, they're a taste sensation. You'll fall head over heels for Factor Meals, just like I did. With Factor, you can rock your busy schedule without sacrificing flavor or nutrition. Whether you want Six meals or 18 meals a week, it's all up to you. Plus, you can hit the pause button or mix up your deliveries whenever life throws you a curveball. Say goodbye to mealtime madness and hello to hassle-free eating with Factor Meals. Head to factormeals.com slash Jessica50 and use code Jessica50 to get 50% off. That's code Jessica50 at factormeals.com slash Jessica50 to get 50% off. We haven't even talked about really what a hobby is. So we have those ones that we say, like the stereotypical male ones, like, you know, they go and play golf. But a lot of the women that I work with and even my friends will say like, I don't have a hobby. I have no idea what I would do if I left the house. And they feel that need, like I've got to have a good enough reason. I don't have a good enough reason. So what even is a hobby? This is a discussion in my office. I had a couple ones who he had a hobby that he dedicated a lot of time to. And he was actually pushing his wife to have Mm -hmm. a hobby. Go have Mm -hmm. a hobby. I want you to leave. I want you to go out. And she would say, I don't want to. And the whole discussion really revolved around having different definitions of what a hobby looks like. Mm -hmm. And I even struggle. I just answered a questionnaire somewhere that asked me about my hobbies. I have forever struggled with that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, I just add the cliches. (laughs) Reading, I think everybody puts reading on there. Yeah. Yeah. We look at it as an activity, Mm -hmm. almost from a verb standpoint, something you have to be doing. And I don't know that I agree with that, at least in this season of my life. I don't know that a hobby has to be an activity. Hmm. Tell me more. I'm going to. organizing my brain really quick. I'm going to, here's how I'm going to explain it is right around in COVID when I felt like the most anxiety and panic I've ever experienced, not knowing what was going to happen. Not sure if people know, love a little predictability in my life. So the Mm -hmm. lack of predictability, man, did that throw me off balance. Mm -hmm. So I developed this whole hierarchy of needs that I coined from, you know, anybody who's taken Psych 101, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So I developed Jessica's hierarchy of needs and looked at what are the pillars that keep me balanced. And what is something I can go back to when I feel unbalanced? And what I've realized is a lot of those are my hobbies, Mm -hmm. actually. So Mm -hmm. my pillars are movement. I like to work out for my mental health. It doesn't have to be big, but I need to be moving my body. Two, what am I consuming? Mm -hmm. And I mean, both from the sense of eating and putting in my body, but I also, what am I reading? What am I exposing my brain to? And so I do have a hobby of learning new things. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel good to learn a new skill or to dive deep into something within my practice or my business. Another one is connection. Mm -hmm. 
am I isolating? Am I only spending time inside my home or my office? Mm -hmm. Okay, so going out to lunch with a friend, lunch is a total hobby. I'm sorry, but lunching, (laughs) brunching. Ladies who lunch, girl. Ladies who lunch, that is a hobby, my friends, because it is connection. It is Mm -hmm. a beautiful time to connect. Walking with a friend, going to coffee, sometimes sitting in a coffee shop all by yourself, right? reading a book. That's a hobby to me, my friends. Right. That is a hobby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at hobbies for me as self-care, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say and what I think I agree with is that it's just like any interest that you have outside of your roles and responsibilities. Let's not make this harder than it needs to be. Maybe you love doing yoga and you want to go sign up for a weekly yoga class. That's great. That's your hobby, right? But maybe you don't know right now. And one of the things that you can do is ask yourself, well, what have I historically done? So for me, I've always been a singer and there were opportunities built in all through the learning years, choirs, musicals, acapella group. Those were all things that I did during my education. And then they stopped as soon as I graduated. The idea of joining a choir at like 22 was not, no. So I just stopped. And since becoming a parent, well, I started singing at our church. There was a need there. It was a thing I could plug into that already existed. And then I started singing in a band. And I mean, I think sometimes we look at ourselves and we go, well, I'm not that good of a singer. This is kind of silly. Where would I even do that? All those questions came up, but I knew that I liked to sing. And so, you know, I could have made my hobby going to karaoke if that didn't give me a heart attack like freaking time. (laughs) I can't do that. But maybe it's taking a new music lesson. Maybe it is finding a place where people are already doing something that you used to like to do and just trying it and not knowing if it's going to fit. Okay, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we need hobbies. We Mm. need to have at least one, right? Both partners need to have hobbies. So this isn't about saying husbands or partners who have so many hobbies, you can't have any. It's saying, no, 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 no. We both need to do something just for our enjoyment. So how do we navigate this practically? And what do we need to keep in mind as we try to make this a thing that we do? I know really quick, I'm so happy you got to tell our listeners that you're in a band. Oh, It's so embarrassing. She's in a band. It is so cool. Oh, I think it's like the coolest. I'm a total you. fangirl. I think it's so cool. Thank you. I know. And thank you. I just think it's awesome. Going back with hobbies, last weekend, interestingly enough, my husband and I are at my son's flag football game. Mm-hmm. And I went and uh, put my arm around him. It was one of like this really, it was a cute moment. My my daughter was like gagging in the background. <laughs> and I looked at him and I go, we're a really good team right now. And it's funny poor guy. He's probably not used to me coming up and giving him a compliment. Like I think mm-hmm. it scared him a little bit. <laughs> so he, but he looked at me and he was like, yeah, wait, how, wh- how, how are, how are we? And, and I, I love know that's this. Say way. more. <laughs> yeah. Say more. Like, wait, tell me more. And I told him, I said, because we have gotten really good at give and take right now. Hmm. And in this season of our lives with young children who can't be home, by themselves, we have to get sitters so we can prioritize doing stuff us too. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's easier to prioritize him doing something, me doing something. Mm-hmm. That feels a lot easier in this season. And I told him, I said, I just think it's good. He's going on this golf trip. 
this weekend. And he said back to me, hey, why don't you go away for a night or two with your girlfriends and Mm -hmm. have some time away? And I will say in the past, I have to own, I would have said, I can't. Mm -hmm. He would have thrown it out there. And I would have said, I can't do that. I can't leave. I can't. And I finally started saying I can to myself. Mm -hmm. It wasn't to him. It was to myself to say, you know what? I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. So he's going. And then in a couple weekends, I'm going with three of my girlfriends just for, I don't know, 36 hours, 48 hours, nothing Mm -hmm. long on a little girl's trip. And we become a team because I realized that I was holding myself back. Yes. It's from a giving myself thing. time. Yes. It's a two-person thing. Getting this right is a two-person thing. I want to acknowledge that not everyone has a supportive partner. Not everyone has 100%. a partner who will encourage you. And I'm so sorry if that is your situation. I know that's actually pretty common. It is. And so you have to be super firm with the idea that this is important, it matters, and that you are worthy of time and fun and joy just because you're a human and take it anyway. But man, in those circumstances, I hear this a lot in couples work and even individual work. It is that moment at the very beginning of the episode where the husband says to you, well, you can have a hobby, you can go. And there's a thousand reasons why you say, I can't. I don't have a hobby. I don't know what I'd like to do. I can't. There's a thousand things that aren't done. Who's going to bear the burden of this or that or the other thing? And when we can start saying, great, sounds good. And putting this on the calendar, we can make it happen too. We both have to make it happen. He can't make it happen for you. Cannot make it happen for you. I think another thing that really helps with a hobby, at least for me, like in an ongoing way, I have to have something that's on the calendar. I love it to be recurring. This is the thing that men are often really good at. They're like, I have softball on this night. Well, guess what? I have band practice every Wednesday from five to seven. That was one of the most radical things that I did when I was ending my term as a stay-at-home mother. I said, I want to try out for this band. And I did. And then I said, okay, I'm in a band now. So every Wednesday, we just make it work. Was that convenient? No, it was not convenient. Did my husband have to work around it? Uh Uh-huh. Or we had to have a sitter stay later. Were my kids like, mommy, where are you going? Yep. And I was like, band, bye. But having something that was on the calendar and recurring so we didn't have to go through this every week, that really helped. You know what else I will add? I had to change my expectations mm-hmm. of mm. my partner. So a lot of times when I would say I can't was me honestly saying, because you can't do it as well as I can do it mm-hmm. at home. And to be fair, no offense to him, he can't. He can do it great, just not how I like it. Yeah. So I also had to let go of the fact that when I came home, the house might not be as picked up as I would Mm -hmm. have it. Mm -hmm. That is okay. The kids might have pizza two nights in a row Mm -hmm. versus a home cooked meal. Yep. I had to let that go and to know that it's okay. Right. And the really great thing about it was when I let go of the control. Man, it created some really great bonding moments for my husband and my kids. Mm, It so does. Yeah. It really 
does. And so now I really think that me letting go of the control is what has helped with my kids not really guilting me anymore mm-hmm. is they get excited. <laughs> They're like, mom, you're going to be gone tonight. Yeah, Dad's he's in charge. for the second night in a row. Yes, oh, we really? win, we win. Exactly. Yeah. And I have to like, you know, swallow down every ounce of my desire to say, how come you get to be the fun parent? I could go there, I could fight it. But mm-hmm. instead, I, I just look at my kids who are really excited to have pizza for the second night in a row mm-hmm. or play Mario Kart together, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it is they do. I just look at them and I see the excitement on their face. Yes. And it's so good. And then the excitement on your face when you walk out that door. And then I'm like, see ya. See ya. <laughs> Gonna go do something I enjoy. Uh, One final thing that I want to say about having a hobby, I want to really make this a challenge. I don't think we should only be vampires. I don't think I should say my hobby is working out and I have to do it from 4.45 a.m. until 5.30 a.m. If that's when you have to do it, it's not your hobby. It might be part of your self-care, but it's not your hobby. Take up some space in the day. Not just in the day when you're separate from your family and your kids are at school. I really think this is vitally important. Take up some space when your family is around. Say, I'm going to go to do this class. I'm meeting for lunch. Sometimes we feel like we have to hide ourselves and only meet our own needs when nobody else needs us. And I actually think a hobby is the right time to do the opposite. Beautifully stated, my friend. Thanks, Brent. So to the women who are listening to this today, having a hobby may sound like a small, nice to have, not need to have thing. But here's the truth. you and your partner both need to have something to do outside of the daily grind. Having a hobby allows you to be a full person, not just someone with roles and responsibilities. It shapes your identity. It demonstrates that you are worthy of time and time away. And it challenges our productivity culture and allows us to claim some of our life. And it's fun. So don't overthink it. Claim some time. Leave the house. Do a thing. You'll figure it out. Hobbies, right? Who knew that such a seemingly innocuous topic could lead to such a fruitful conversation? But you know what we've seen time and again, both on this podcast and in our therapy rooms? If something causes a big emotional reaction, there's probably more going on than what we're talking about on the surface. And that's why we'll continue to have honest conversation about things that seem big and things that seem small, because through insightful dialogue, we can understand ourselves better and live happier, healthier lives. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. You never know what's coming up next week. I mean, we never do either. Seriously, we have no idea what's coming up next week, but it's going to be good. Until then, this has been Honest Women.